0: Hey, it's Jess, and welcome to The Heart Strong, a podcast where we explore navigating the challenges in our lives. It's my personal mission to guide you towards your greatest potential. So come along with me as we explore living with courage, or as I put it, living heartstrong. On today's podcast, I'm sitting down with Dr. Ram Amani. Dr. Amani is a pediatric cardiac surgeon at Boston Children's Hospital. That means he operates on hearts of babies, children, and young people born with congenital heart disease. Dr. Amani is a favorite amongst his patients. And while technically an exceptional surgeon, he's also an exceptional human. And that's why I wanted to talk to him today. I've worked with many doctors, surgeons, and specialists with my kids, and one thing I've learned after all these years is that they are people too. They have hopes and joys and pains and families and bills and wonders. Dr. Amani has focused his career on helping to improve life for children with single ventricle heart disease, which means that half of their heart didn't form properly. He's also worked on valve technologies for children, and he's been a board member of the Ethan Lindbergh Foundation for many years. I've witnessed his incredible dedication to his patients and their families, and so it is my honor to talk with him today. I hope you enjoy the conversation. Welcome to the podcast, Ram. I'm so thankful that you're here today. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So I thought before we dove in today, maybe you could just tell our listeners just a little bit about yourself so they could get to know you before we jump into our conversation
1: yeah so uh my name is ram imani i am a uh, cardiac surgeon at boston children's hospital and uh i um grew up in atlanta and uh spent some time uh in uh, chicago uh, where I, I did my engineering studies and then ultimately came out to boston to do a medical school and um i uh in addition to, to doing clinical work <coughs> I like doing research uh, and trying to advance uh, uh, the field of pediatric cardiac surgery. Uh, but I um, I also enjoy uh, hiking, running, and uh, uh, sports of all kinds. So uh, that's, uh, that's me in a nutshell.
0: That's awesome. I always think it's so good to... I love that you said that about the running and the biking because I feel like, you know, we people think of doctors, they see you in that one setting, but it's good to know that you have other things that you like to do. So I'm glad you said that. Um, So today I want to focus our conversation on how curiosity shapes our lives. Uh, And I think curiosity is such an important tool that we can use to sort of, you know, become the people that we are sort of created to be in some ways. And you're just a tremendously curious person. And so I just would love to dive into the ways that it shaped you. And so I want to start the conversation here. And if you could just tell us a little bit about how curiosity has shaped your life and how it continues to shape your life and your work.
1: Thank you, Jessica. That's a great question. You know, I remember when I was uh, a little kid, really loving to understand how things work. And, uh, you know, when my my parents were going to throw out this old radio or that old microwave, I'd be like, no, 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 don't throw it away. I want to look at it. And I would take it apart and look inside. And I remember being really fascinated by all of these transistors and resistors and, and you know, electronic components. And, you know, always imagine putting together the you know, the, uh, CRT tube from a television set with a, uh, you know, with, with a, uh, a, a transistor and a, a resistor from a radio and trying to create some futuristic machine that could, uh, that could help you with time travel, you know, and, and, and I think, you know, the, that, that sort of carried on later in life when I, um, uh, when I could, when I was allowed to work, the, the first thing I did was, uh, uh, start working on on cars. I loved cars. I loved understanding how cars work. and and so that uh, that really sparked my interest in, in engineering studies when I was uh, when, I, when I was younger. You know, fast forward now uh, uh, to um, current era, and I I, I still love. Uh, sort of thinking about ways to redefine how we, uh, how we see science, medicine, and, uh, and the intersection with humanity. And, and mm-hmm. uh, really just understanding that um, there's never one right way of doing things. And it's, 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 a, it's a constant dynamic process. And um, trying to make sure that we're doing the right thing always means uh, re-envisioning ourselves, uh, and, and how we, uh, how we treat each other, how we interact with each other. Mm-hmm. So that's, uh you, know, uh, you know, there's, there's a lot there and, uh, yeah. uh, I'd love to, you know, dive more into that in a little bit.
0: Yeah. So you started out with engineering and I'm just wondering how you like segued into cardiology and pediatrics. Can you share with us a little bit how you got there?
1: Yeah, so I was um, dead set on on being uh, in the automotive industry when I when I, when I was young, and, and I wanted to do engineering, uh, specifically mechanical engineering, because I wanted to uh, really you know design the f- next futuristic uh, car. And mm-hmm. I was kind of lined up to to uh, uh, go to either GM or Ford for an internship, but I happened to take a course when i was uh, in college um, on cardiovascular physiology and uh, this was a engineering uh, core requirement and it just totally shifted my perspective to think about how the human body um, functions uh, and to, to understand how the various components work together was fascinating to me and that really was a was a was a turning point and um, and then after that, I started to to pursue medicine, and uh, and and I've I've really uh, felt that that uh, initial perspective as an engineer has really shaped who I am now as a uh, as a surgeon.
0: So I, something that you said in there was really interesting to me. It's like you had this path in mind, and you were going down the path, and then you took this class and you were like ooh i'm curious about this and you followed that and i think that's really interesting because a lot of times in our lives like we we something sparks an interest but we don't pursue it because we think we need to stay on said path right that we had been on or that we had planned to be on like what kind of gave you i guess the courage maybe at that time because especially when we're young and we feel maybe obligated to be doing something that we had planned to do? Like, what gave you the courage or the impetus? Did you have somebody in your life that was like, hey, yeah, go, go, give, that a, go give it a shot. See what you think.
1: Well, it was, it's really interesting because as a part of this class, we had to do a project. And um, the, the project that I had designed was a, um, a vest for patients with cystic fibrosis to help mm-hmm. clear secretions. And as a part of the project, I, you know, I, we wanted to go see, you know, how it might work. And, mm-hmm. and, and so we actually visited a hospital and got, we had the privilege to um, interact with patients and, and, you know, they were so generous in, in their, in their time and sort of telling us what they felt and how, how something like this might help them. And that interaction was, was really the most powerful thing for me. That, that's what really turned, turned in my mind. That is, you know, that you can you can have this meaningful interaction with 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 somebody and and you're learning from each other. You know, mm-hmm. I, I'm trying to design something, but I'm also learning about their experience with uh, with cystic fibrosis and um, that interaction and that set of interactions. You know, we had multiple interactions and trying to th- you know talk about how to make things better. That's what really Turned it for him because I loved that, that that you know you can actually um, and, you know you, you, you have that connection with somebody and yeah. that connection goes so deep so um, it was uh, it, you know it, it was that aspect that really uh, you know gave me the charge because. You know, I I didn't need any more motivation than that.
0: Mm, That was enough. And I think in knowing you the way that I do and knowing, you know, so many of the families that you treat, like that's the core of, I think, what makes you such a great surgeon and physician is that you have that. You've kept that with you. And I think that that's really powerful. And I think it makes, you know, like I want to talk about the intersection of medicine and engineering because, I think it's very interesting. I think it's very unique. It's it's something that you have, but you know, you take, my mom was a director of a co-op program for a school of engineering for like most of her career. So I know all about the different, you know, she'd talk about her students and sometimes it's very linear, right? You know, it's just, it's very kind of a, that's just kind of how, how I've seen it. But um, I think that you, like you brought in this medical component, which is this human component. And so I'm just, could you talk a little bit about that intersection and how you think that so powerfully shifted and enabled you really to do the really amazing work that you have done? Because um, I think there might even be some young people that eventually listen to this, and they might be curious about that same idea. So talk about that intersection of, of medicine and engineering a little bit.
1: Yeah, I think um, when we're going through our training um where we're sort of prescribed a, a pathway, uh, if, if you will. And um, to me, um, the, the, that, that's really important to sort of make sure you're getting a structured education. But what was really impactful for me was the fact that I, I did not come from a family of physicians. Uh, nobody uh, in my immediate family had practiced medicine. But many of them were on <clears throat> the other side. they were on the receiving mm-hmm. side. Mm-hmm. And I, I really saw a lot of um, the great things that can be done with medicine and those one the interactions when they worked well with that person who who you just you know who, who you trust and and, and mm-hmm. the you know how how that trust could move mountains. And um, I also saw you know how things sometimes, weren't optimal and how that could really, um, you know, be, uh, a, a really a a, 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 distractor in someone's life. And so to me, that always became very important that, that, um, I, I do something and I, uh, be able to, to have interactions that are going to be meaningful, that are going to be impactful and that, uh, will constantly, uh, uh evolve. And, and so, when I went to uh, engineering school, I, I, I was also uh, introduced to mentors who felt that, you know, the, these, these are tools and, and these mm-hmm. tools are meant to do something very important and that something that's very important has to be at the center. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, and, and that
1: really shaped my, my mm-hmm. perspective uh, rather than thinking about you know uh, engineering as being a way to get more publications or get more patents and you know, pad your, your, your CV, mm-hmm. that, th- that's kind of traditionally what people think that they have to do. But what really brings meaning to, uh, to what you do, and what brings long-term fulfillment is when you have a, a central purpose.
0: Mm-hmm. And that was people, it sounds like, making shifting things for people.
1: Absolutely, and that was being able to, at the end of the day, ha- alleviate suffering, bring a smile to someone's uh, face, make you know, make um, the quality of life uh, more more meaningful uh, for for even one patient. It doesn't yeah. it, it doesn't have to be widespread, you know, widespread impact. It can even be impact for one one individual. Mm-hmm. That's enough for me.
0: Yeah. And that makes a difference. So like there's a huge creative component to what you do. And I was, I, I actually started reading a book by Rick Rubin and it's about creativity. And I think it's really interesting because we're all creative people in some ways. And you might not think of, you know, you think of art, I guess, when you think of creativity, but we all are creative and you're creative. You're, you're, and so there's a huge component creativity isn't always linear, right? It, 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 it takes kind of a path of its own. And, and so You know, there's great imaging available pre-op. You know, you can do a cardiac MRI. You kind of know what you're getting yourself into. I know you use 3D printing sometimes. You can model a heart, and you're like, okay, this... And this is important, I just want to say, because you are dealing with kids who are pretty sick or who have really complex congenital heart disease, something that maybe other people have seen and haven't been able to help them with or something that's a little... Something that isn't something traditionally seen. And so you're really facing these creative questions, really, when it comes to the heart. And so, you know, I'm wondering, so so you you do all these pre-op things, and you try to get the best plan that you can, but I, I would imagine that you get in there sometimes, and it's different, or you're seeing something that you didn't see before. Like, how do you creatively problem solve in those situations? And just take us behind the scenes a little bit with you about how you approach a situation where you're like, oh, my gosh, this is totally different than I thought it was going to be.
1: Absolutely. Well, I, I think that's a, a, a very important uh, uh, process. I uh, uh, want to say for initially, um, I, I actually uh, was a musician at one point. So I mm. I, um, I, I do feel that um, uh, as, as a surgeon, it's important to have uh, really um, um, that aspect that, that pulls you away from the, the cut and dry. And so, mm-hmm. you know, there's sort of the engineering side of me. That's, that's very equations oriented, but then there's mm-hmm. a part of me that, that uh, just craves and and loves to think about breaking rules. And, and, mm-hmm. uh, and that's where music uh, is, is my outlet uh, for mm-hmm. that and my ability to do this. So that, that really shaped, you know, I think that that side of, of me and, um, and whereas I couldn't actually ultimately build that time machine <laughs> that I <laughs> dreamed of when I was, when I was a kid, um, that, that kind of idea of saying, let's take all of the parts that we have and, and really understand how do we bring everything to bear to create something new. Mm. Um, and uh, that, that, that part of engineering, I really love when it comes to taking care of patients, it becomes for me like a, an entire uh, experience. So I, when I, when I, when I, Meet with my uh, patients and families for the first time. I, I'm I'm really trying to connect at a at a at a deeper level to understand sort of what you know what are we trying to accomplish? What are the goals? And and to make sure that that is center to uh, whatever it is that I end up doing in in the operating room. And then I'll uh, I, I like I like my quiet time. I, I feel like. Um, the times when I'm really thinking about it the most or when, when I'm, uh, sitting in my office, uh, after a a busy day in the operating room, I'm thinking about, um, a a particular patient, whether it be next day's, uh, you know, surgery for next day's surgery, whether it be a patient that I just met and I'll, I'll just roll through all of the imaging and I'll imagine what the heart looks like in my mind. The 3D imaging and the 3D software kind of allow me to also do that in a different way. And I'll, I'll just I'll roll through the imaging several times and, and just really imagine um, what what I'll see <clears throat> when I'm in the operating room. And then I'll try to <clears throat> start to imagine <clears throat> all of the possibilities. What all can I can I do to help you know, make this work uh, better? And that may be redirecting blood flow in some way, that may be shifting, uh, you know, things around, uh, and, and it may be something that I do in several steps or a single step, and I'm trying to think about what is going in that direction, what's there that I might get in, into trouble with, and how do I avoid that? And so sometimes I'll spend hours just mulling on it and thinking about it and imagining what, you know, what something might look like. Um, uh Back in the days when we were doing a lot of three D printing, I might actually simulate it on a uh, on a physical heart. But now we can do a lot of that on the on the computer. So I may try to say, okay, let me draw this this way and and you know uh, see what happens. Um, and then um, you know that that's kind of that's kind of where it will uh, all happen. And then oftentimes I'll find myself literally sleeping on it uh, mm-hmm. where. I'm, I'm just sort of, you know, thinking about it, and often, often that settling of of the um, of the plan uh, uh, will uh, will just kind of solidify, so that the next morning I, I feel like I know what the different options are. I never go into an operation with a single plan. I, I always go in with, with the what ifs and thinking about the what ifs and how how we might uh, have different options, so that if something changes based upon what I see, uh, I have an alternative. Mm
0: -hmm. So then when you get in there and you have these multiple plans and then you kind of see what you're, you know, what you have to work with essentially, like, what does it feel like when you get something that you really didn't expect or that, you know, one of those plans kind of works for, but you're like, Ooh, I'm not, I mean, do you, do you give yourself time like how do you how do you kind of I guess I'm more almost thinking it more emotionally than because I mean this is just like a human reaction you're like oh crap you know what do we, like we yeah. do that you know when we have these we kind of map things out and then something goes awry and we're a little bit jarred which which takes us off center I guess off off point yeah. but you probably need to be in that situation so what is that kind of how do you I guess more like emotionally or mentally sort of bring yourself back to center when you're sort of facing that?
1: Yeah. I, you know, this is where, um, it becomes really important to have, uh, to rely on each other and on teams. Mm -hmm. And, um, uh, I, I really make sure that we establish a a culture in the operating Mm -hmm. room of, you know, the, the, the patient first so that, um, you know, I immediately will um, stabilize the situation and then turn to my friends and colleagues. Mm-hmm. I'll call people and I, I, I'll make sure that we have everybody sort of, you know, helping think about it to make sure mm-hmm. that, um, you know, I've thought of everything that I'm I'm, I'm really uh, being comprehensive so that the next step is is uh, is appropriate. is calculated. And I, I think that is. Uh, you know, such an important concept that you're not alone and uh, you never want to be alone. I mean, this is something that we learned from the airline industry a long time ago, that there's never one pilot. Uh, There's always, uh, always multiple, you know, people there to kind of help, you know, think about it. And that's what, that's one of the things I love about uh, working uh, in Boston is that, you know, we have uh, uh so many talented uh, surgeons, uh, all of whom have uh, you know really dedicated their lives to thinking about creative solutions so uh, that 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 part becomes uh, you know more of a more manageable and and, and and it really takes away some of the butterflies from the stomach which, which you know I definitely feel when something is is uh, is changing but that support really helps us really take it to that next step. Yeah.
0: I know you guys do a really good job of even preoperatively talking about cases and going back and forth with each other and I think that's such an important idea in problem solving in general right to be able to have people in your circle that you can call and that you can ask and I love that you said that because it's never one person that's getting somewhere right it's like you have to have a team. Absolutely. So I think that's really important. You know you you talk about like prepping for the surgery and, and there's a question that I kind of just that came to me was like you've met with this family, you've prepped for the surgery, and you you talked earlier in the conversation just about the human component. And I think I always think about. I mean, I'm not a surgeon. I've I've had a child children that have had many surgeries, but I always kind of think about that challenge. And my husband and I talk about it, like being caring about the patient and and having a relationship with them, which you're very good at. And but then having to also sort of make that separation and saying now I have to go over here and I have to to do this like and and, and that's that's got to be hard. Like I'm just wondering if you could tell us a little bit about what that feels like and how you make that separation. And I know there's lots of conversations about you know how close physicians and families should be. And I think some physicians are more comfortable with it than others. I mean, I've definitely had people where it's like they want to cut you off. They don't really want to. And I and I and I and I sometimes the mother part of me is like oh, about that. But I, I understand that I kind of respect it because now you've got to go in and operate on my kid. So how do you kind of do that? Because you're I, I mean, I want to you're such a good person to ask because you're so kind and loving to your patients you give them so much of yourself I think that's a very different thing about you than frankly than a lot of surgeons that I've experienced and so you're really good at it but like how do you kind of cut that off and then say okay now I've got to actually do this well,
1: that's a great question Jessica you know um, I was I was told that initially that you have to really find ways to create that separation and that man, you know, saying that you set boundaries between your mm-hmm. families. And, and, you know, I started off in my, in my early career with that, And it, and honestly, it, it didn't feel right. Mm-hmm. And um, I remember a turning point when I said to myself, you know, I just don't, I don't agree with that. And I, I started to actually say, I'm going to go the other direction. And I'm going to use a deeper connection to help drive me and motivate me. So um, what I have now gone to do that works uh, for me much better is I, I, I like to, you know, I like to play with my patients, <laughs> you know, when they're especially yeah. they their kids, uh-huh. or, or, or I want to get to know what what a patient does if they're older and, and they can, you know, they can talk to me about what they love. And I, and I, I want to I, I establish that connection. And then when I'm in the operating room, I'm actually imagining that child doing that. And I'm, an, I'm imagining that patient actually, you know, going out and, and, and uh, you know, riding a bike or doing, you know, uh, one of my patients uh, does, you know, dances ballet. And I'll, I'll imagine, okay, you know, you know that, that, that you know, that this person's got to go and dance again, and I want them to dance the, the, the greatest. And that actually, that deeper connection actually makes me feel more connected and, and able to do um, a, a, a much better job than, you know, sort of the artificial connection component you know uh, element. I'm not saying that every, every, you know, that works for every surgeon, but for sure. me that, that actually was a big turning point in in the way that I, um, in, in, in the way that my psyche worked and the way that I, I, you know, interacted in the operating room, the way that I felt, it just didn't feel right to me that all of a sudden I, I would be, compassionate on one side but then i'd have to turn that off or, or change mm-hmm. that in some way shape or form but um but to, to then really intensify that connection uh it just you know that that really felt right to me and so that's that's what i do when i go into the mm-hmm. opera i tell the i tell everybody in the operating oh you know um you know johnny here is he wants to play baseball and uh and you know he and you, know, you know he he, well, his last, last season, he hit a couple of home runs and, uh, you know, and, and we'll just, i just talk. I'll just remember, yeah. remember, what, know what, what this child is about or know what this patient's about. If I'm operating on an adult, I have three kids names are this. this is yeah. it, you know, and, and, and then, and then it just like, you know, I, 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 I feel like that, you know, actually, uh, motivates every, the whole team to yeah. think about, you know, this, not as a, a, a task, but as a, you know, but but we're we're really doing something bigger here.
0: Um,
1: That's That's so cool.
0: That's really beautiful. I wonder too, if sort of in the non, you know, linear way of thinking, if that connection that you have with your patients, sort of that human sort of connection that's kind of beyond just the task that you're doing also maybe helps you make decisions. Like, it's just an idea, like maybe because you're, you are connected and there is something there, maybe you sort of get these little nudges like, okay, now I know this about this person and and this is how, I don't know. I just wonder if there's something like beyond sort of the physical that, that happens and that well, really. It's,
1: it's very interesting you say that just because I think, you know, one of the things that you know, when we talk about the butterflies or we talk about something going you know, going in the wrong direction, one of the things that comes out is fear, right? And and if you think yeah. about an emotion that is disabling, yeah. Probably the most disabling emotion is is fear and paralysis. And that's probably the last thing that you want when you're you know, in in the operating room. And I and I think um you know, the only way to counteract an emotion is really with a more powerful emotion and, and a more powerful connection. And, and maybe you're right in a way, I feel like thinking about that connection with that patient and, you know, with that child um, actually allows, just sort of allows that emotion to emotion to dominate so that, you know, all other, um, uh, you know, fears and other, other things Really, you know, they 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 they're there for their purpose. They they you know let me know, hey, you know, we've got we've got a problem here that we need to solve. But it doesn't do, it doesn't sort of you know dominate it. It doesn't make yeah. it you know take on a life of its own. Like, oh, what's going to happen? What are they going to say? What no? It's mm-hmm. because it's you with the patient, you're there for a purpose, mm-hmm. and that's gonna. You know, you want that child to to come through and that's going to dominate everything. And I I think maybe in a way it drowns out the negative emotions that can come out in that kind of situation.
0: Yeah. And kind of helps you know what to do next. That's really beautiful. I want to talk a little bit about innovation because you have been, you're innovative in what you do. I mean, you're a creative problem solver. And how did that become a passion of yours? When did you kind of say, because, you know, for those listening, like in congenital heart disease, there's some, some traditional, I'm using air quotes, like surgeries that are done and specific defects, right? But you've really kind of parlayed into sort of unknown territories and created things for patients that maybe wouldn't have options. And so how did you kind of get in, get interested in that and then sort of take that leap towards, towards those ideas?
1: Well, I'll, I'll, my first, all of my credits go to my mentors. So Mm -hmm. I'll, I'll preface it by saying that my, my first mentor is my father. Um, Mm -hmm. And I remember growing up and, you know, when I'm tinkering with all these toys, rather than taking their approach of, you know, throw that garbage out, you know, kind of thing. He was very much, well, what are you going to do about this? And What are you going to do about that? And how are you going to, you know, do this? And would actually, you know, um, uh, sort of uh, nudge me along, even in my <clears throat> time machine making fantasies. And so um, I-, I think he really <clears throat> uh, started the process of thinking innovatively and-, and saying, yeah, you can build that time machine. You just have to figure out how. Um, mm-hmm. And, you um, my most recent mentor and and the person who's really kind of shaped uh, who I am and given me the space to innovate has been my uh, uh, current mentor dr Pedro del nido and um, dr del nido uh, was uh, is a innovator uh, surgeon scientist in and of himself and and really um Taught me that that you can do it, even within a field that seems rigid and seems dogmatic, that mm-hmm. you can question the dogma, and, and and in fact that's that's healthy to do, and and showed me how to do that, and gave me the space to do that, encouraged me to do that, uh, and um, you know that that mentorship was really important, but probably the most important mentors of all are are my families, my patients mm-hmm. and families. They're the ones who really Tell me, yes, it's okay. Yes, we want this. We want you to do this, and 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 that that's where I get my charge from. You know, mm-hmm. I I think, you know, I, I we we when, anytime you're at the at sort of the cusp of innovation, there are always people within our field, giants within our field, who are going to criticize and the, the controversial topics. Sure, but the thing that keeps me going is the fact that families, you know, uh, who who you know. Uh, know about this who understand what is you know what the what what all of the treatments are say yeah this is important and you should do this and they're probably the biggest uh drivers of of uh innovation for me and mm-hmm. I, I i get mm-hmm. a lot of um, energy affirmation and uh drive to keep moving forward
0: mm-hmm. i think a lot of times in the world of you mentioned mentors in the world of cardiology but in all of medicine it's like we kind of stand on the shoulders of the people before us and on the families and then we keep going. So I was in Boston with, at the marathon actually last year with my son, my son Blake wants to be a scientist. So we went to the Boston science museum and literally spent like four hours there, but we walked into the math room and this really struck me. I don't know if you've ever been in the math room there, but that back wall is full of people. I think it was like 1000 AD to like present day. And it's these little signs, almost like bricks of people. And I still remember, spending time reading about them. And like one of them had these, one of them's like he died trying. And then another person had this great thing that they became, but then the next person built upon it. And I've, I've thought a lot about that, how like we, we want to do the thing in our life, but doing really important work means that more, better things are coming along the way for others and so like making those choices to be innovative and to move things forward like if we stay the same nothing changes but on that wall all those people chose to do something different to think of and sometimes it didn't work and sometimes it did and i i really i think that's very important just in how we approach our world on a lot of places but in medicine it really matters and so i just i don't know i thought about that and i thought well, you know, this is kind of how it's supposed to go. And, you know, you know, our story with our son, Ethan, and everything that he went through. And I feel like in some ways he contributed to that. And I really think that that's really important. I think it's bigger than just ourselves. And so I think it's very cool that families are part of that, right? Because we look and we see maybe the, the surgeon or the person doing it, but you're so right. It's like the people that agree to this are part of that moving the field forward, if you will.
1: And they, I mean, in fact, I would say that <clears throat> the greatest motivation comes from that because when, when you have um, a, a family that that is sacrifices so much, um, you know, uh, you you can't help but feel um, humbled, uh, motivated, and, and driven to do everything that you can, and and I mm-hmm. think. You know, at that point, the naysayers it, it, they just fall away. It just all falls yeah. away, and at that point, it becomes about how do we how do we make this happen? And, and 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 you know, these limits that that you know people say, oh, you can't do this. There's no way you can do that. No, there's a way. Let's figure out mm-hmm. how to make it happen. Yeah. And that, um, I, I feel like that charge, um, when when once I realize that, um it can happen that you can break the sound barrier Mm. uh all you know that just it just really became uh, an aha moment to me and then you know now when i sit down with families and they say hey we really want to try to figure out how to do this and i i just bring out bring out the entire everything that i can do and and Mm -hmm. share it with them and sort of try to share my enthusiasm for something or or even a glimmer of a hope and, and 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 try to bring those through Obviously, very much guide you know, guided by what a family wants. I wouldn't be want sure. to do something innovative if it wasn't appropriate. But but at least to be able to to do that in a way that is uh, open, transparent, to be able to provide everything that I can bring to the table, uh, and 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 show to to um, families. And at that point, they'll tell they, they tell me what um, what to do. Okay. I, I just I, you know I have to tell the story of, of like I, I remember a couple of years ago, I um, started to think about ways to uh, uh, septate a single ventricle, just make, mm-hmm. make a single ventricle to with a mm-hmm. artificial separation. And, you know, I, uh, I, I had a family that that uh, was just did not want to have a single ventricle and, and, and wanted to wanted to um, uh, wanted to have something else done and i i was not going to offer this procedure because i would never done it before and um you know i was i was amazed at their persistence they said no uh, that sounds like a great idea we want this done because we want it to you know to um, we don't we don't want that other path we just know and i i was yeah. i was i was actually taken aback i was like no no actually you really don't you know this is another, <laughs> yeah. you know time and they, you know, they, they and, you know, I wouldn't go as far as to say they coerced me, but they were really persistent. And it turned out that that, you know, that worked out, and, and that that child, you know, uh, did well. And I, I just remember thinking, you know, that we think of a role as a physician as as being the person who holds someone hand, you know, through a difficult surgery, but in that situation, they actually held my hand mm. through it and, you know, guided me, you know, through something that was, uh, that was different. And it just, it just, mm. it felt really uh, amazing that, you know, that this is, this. It's, there's, there's this give and take and that, you know, I'm learning constantly uh, from my families and my patients.
0: Yeah. That's so cool. So let's talk about that like sort of intersection of humanity and innovation, because I think it's a really, you kind of alluded to it a little bit before, but, you know, some people would say it's at at odds. Some people say, would say that it's synchronous or synonymous. Like I, I think it could be different at different times. Like it's a big topic, which we could have like a whole podcast about, but you know, what kind of guides you in that space and how do you think about that? Because when we're, moving towards innovation we're always there's always that question of because we can should we or you know when do we kind of say well I think it's time to stop or no let's I think this is something we should really try and because the 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 other side of this is not so great so like how do you sort of I guess think about that I I know there's no perfect answer because Every situation is so unique, but just I guess what are maybe like a guiding principle for you in that space?
1: Yeah, I think this is it is a, a topic for an entire uh, podcast. But I I feel that um, there has to be an intersection of uh, various uh, realms that that are 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 brought to bear when when we're doing um, innovation. It's not just another. Discussion of another meeting with the family. It's not, you know, a simple. Um, uh, well, this is what we're going to do, and 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 go from there. I, I see it going in steps. So I like to first think about it as again, most important, get to know the patients and their families, mm-hmm. and I really want to know what their goals are for care are. I want to know, you know. Um, but what is the, uh, what are their aspirations and, and, you know, what, what keeps them up at night? What, you know, what fears do they have and, and what knowledge do they have? Because everybody comes to the table with a different set of, uh, uh, of preconceived notions of, mm-hmm. uh, of what, um, uh, what congenital heart disease looks like, uh, mm-hmm. natural history and un- and, and, uh, operated history. So I, I, I like to start with that and then, um, the next thing I do is bring the data to the table. I, I bring the options. I sort of say, "Okay, well, here are the options as I know it. Some that are standard. These will be the ones that ninety-nine percent of people, in, you know, polled would offer." And then I start to get into, "Well, here are the other options." And and then I, I'm not afraid of talking about the entire spectrum, um, and and trying as much as possible uh, to bring everything that I know of. Uh, you know, on, mm-hmm. onto the, uh, onto the uh, 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 screen. So the options. And then I like to get to the next level of, of data that is statistics. And, uh, you know, everything is about probabilities. It's never sure. uh, 100% or 0%. And, I, uh, and I, I, I know that that's really hard to, to comprehend. What does a 10%, you know, risk mean? What is a, you know, 90% success rate really mean? you know, when it's, when it's your child, I mean, right. the, the, no, those are numbers what does that mean for me? And, and, but I still try to bring that, you know, the, the numbers to the table. And then I just clear the table of all the data and all the, all the data and options and statistics. And, and then I try to get a, a feel, I try to get wh- what is our, what is our, you know, what is our gut instinct telling us? Because decision-making mm-hmm. is, um, is really about, you know people who love a child uh or their or their family member really making a decision that they feel is right and and yeah, there's true. there there's there's a power to that very kind of deep instinct which I think you know we don't you know we don't acknowledge or or, or really talk much about in medicine but is is uh is is really at the core of decision making and 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 it's about um being in a free space in a safe space where you can ask the questions where you can really have the heart-to-heart discussions about Mm -hmm. you know uh what what feels right and and you know I, i i I you know try to be as non-judgmental as possible if somebody says they don't i don't I don't like your newfangled idea. I, that's 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 perfectly good. i I you know this is not about me. It's not about my ideas. It's not about you know you know me doing more of some you know of what what you know my ideas are. That's not what it's about and and I think that's uh, very important for families you know to understand so that they're you know we're we're, we don't have any distractions from what the true purpose is Mm -hmm. um and and then knowing that you know we're we maybe we we made maybe our decisions aren't going to turn out the right way and, and to um you know to to really come to grips and to terms with those decisions and and understand that we're doing the best that we can. And that's all that we can do at that, right. at that moment. Um, and, um, and giving it the time, if we can mm-hmm. to say, well, let's think more about it, let's have another meeting and, and just to make it feel right. And so mm-hmm. I think, you know, I like to go through that that process. And I, I do think the data and, and the statistics are, are, are really important. But then I like that last decision point to be really a synthesis of everything and, uh, have it be just a feeling that this is, this is a good, this is an instinct of what feels right now. I often find that we can get to that point where, um, where everybody, I can, I can almost feel that, that, you know, settling them. This, Mm -hmm. this is what's right. And, um, and then we bring it and bring it around to hugs and, and back (laughs) to, and, 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 and that that's, that's when I know that, that, that we've really merged innovation with
0: humanity. Humanity. That's beautiful. That's, that's a gift to the families that you're working with to have that from you. I think that's pretty incredible. So I'm wondering if you, I was thinking about this, what is a burning question or like curiosity that you have about your work? Like if you could know, I'm sure there's many things, but like one or two things in the world of, you know, complex congenital heart disease today that you don't know, that we don't know in medicine. If there is something like what would be a couple of keys that you feel like would like unlock possibility for your patients, like the, the patients that you're like, oh, if I just knew this, I could figure this out.
1: Yeah, I, I you know, I think uh, to me. What is um, an an ongoing, you know, just uh, you know, uh, amazing area of uh, that's just unfolding now is understanding how um, how development and how how the heart develops. Mm -hmm. Um, I I still feel like you know we you know I, I marvel every time at you know how uh, the, the heart develops and And, mm-hmm. you know, for, for those on the podcast, who don't know the heart actually starts off as a, as a straight tube. And then mm-hmm. there's something that happens in the body where it just starts to fold and twist and, mm-hmm. and, you know, almost like, um, uh, almost, almost like, you know, sort of a, uh, an, an artistic dance, you know, mm-hmm. everything changes around. And then all of a sudden within 16 weeks, you have this, um, you know, heart as we as we know it. And um, every step there are little genetic, you know, gene signals that that go into play to, to help, um, you know, orchestrate this, this very complex uh, um, uh, dance. And we know some of what happens, we know some of the genes that directed, we know some of the reasons why uh, some congenital heart malformations uh, form. But I feel like that is something that we're really, really in early infancy on. You know, we don't, we don't really know how all of this works, and I think understanding that may allow us to, you know, better detect much earlier uh, in uh, in in pregnancy um, uh, when a congenital heart defect is about to for, uh, occur, and perhaps then even think about ways of preventing that. You know, from mm. from happening right now. We, you know, we we sort of wait until a child's born and then try to fix it. But boy, if you can prevent something from occurring, wouldn't that be really amazing? Yeah. And, the, and the beginning of that is really understanding why and why why it yeah. happens and how it happens. But but I, I I've always found that uh, human development of the the development of the heart, embryologic development of the heart, to be really fascinating to me.
0: Mm. Hmm. That's interesting. I agree with you. I sometimes think in the things that I see in the congenital heart community and even other communities that I've been part of, it's like if we could just interrupt the beginning of it, it would be so much better than trying to fix it on the back end. So I think that's a area of genetics and formation I think is so crucial really to a lot of pediatric illnesses that diseases that we don't have answers to. So I hope whoever's listening we'll keep doing that. Right. That's important. So, you know, I'm wondering, I want to talk just a little bit more about you and, um, you know, how you kind of do this important work that you do. Like, how do you take care of yourself? How do you take care of your mental health, your own physical heart, which is important, um, for yourself, but for so many of these kids that you take care of, like, do you have any practices that help you kind of just be able to continue doing what you're doing?
1: Well, it's, uh, <clears throat> thank you for, for that wonderful question, Jessica. And I, I, um, a, uh, a well-crept uh, uh, secret uh, that um, I, I really don't, have, I d- don't share with very many people is that um, I do have a, I have a routine in the morning. Um, mm-hmm. I, I get up, um, you know, try to get up sometime around 5.30 or so in the morning. And I spend an hour um, uh, doing yoga uh, and, uh, and, and meditation. So I, uh, I, I, and it's, it's a critical part of my day. I will not miss it. Uh, and mm-hmm. even no matter, you know, even if I've, I've been up until, you know, 1 AM, I will get up in the morning and I will, I will, uh, mm-hmm. meditate and do yoga. And to me, it's a way of sort of, uh, you know, centering, as you mentioned earlier, mm-hmm. it's a way to kind of build perspective and to understand, mm-hmm. you know, who I am, you know, in, in this, in, in this uh, bigger uh, um, cosmos and, um, and and to really just, you know, um, remember that, you know, we're, we're not perfect, we're not, you know, we don't, we can't do everything, um, but we do the best that we can. Yeah. And, um, and to be able to bring the best meat to, to the, you know, to my patients um, is, is really important. A balanced me, uh, mm-hmm. a, a one who can, you know, think about the, the science, but also, you know, uh, you know, hold a hand or, or mm-hmm. play with, you know, play with the toy and be able to just, just sort of, you know, run that spectrum. So that's really important. Um, I, you know, after, after the day is done and I, I, I come home, um i uh you know my my family uh is a very important part of uh my life and we you know we share a lot of uh, our our um our thoughts and and perspectives um and uh that that's that's very uh very important um and then i also um i like as i mentioned earlier i like to run i like to mm-hmm. hike i like to uh, play tennis and basketball and uh um, um, I'm fortunate that I can still do many of, many of these things and, uh, you know, um, it, you know, allows me to really stop and smell the roses and, and appreciate the veins and the leaves and the, you know, uh, you know, not, not this time of year, but, uh, <laughs> in Boston, but when, yeah. when I can to just appreciate, you know, the, you know everything around us and, and how fortunate we are to, mm-hmm. uh, you know, to be able to have uh, mm-hmm. have each other and have have this mm-hmm. world
0: it's almost like you know the words that are coming to me it's almost like and as I've kind of listened to you in this conversation it's like you're almost connecting sort of like the physical to the spiritual in a sense of the way that you operate your your practice of medicine is that a fair statement
1: yeah I, I think I am a very spiritual uh, person yes yeah. I think that that really um uh, yeah, I think that's a good way of of putting it, and uh, um, that that's that's you know it's hard it's it's you know I, I remember when I was in medical school and learning about uh the human body and the way that it worked and just feeling this rush of oh my you know how how did this all come together how did mother yeah. nature create all this yeah. so what power you know is is it's amazing is, is, is at play. And, um, I still have that wonderment every time mm-hmm. and that, that can't you can't help but but be elevated from our, you know, uh, our sort of our, our petty concerns in life yeah. and, and to, to sort of thinking about, you know how uh, amazing this is. So yeah. I, I, it is a very spiritual experience.
0: That's, so, you know, after thinking through that, you know, I wanted to ask you about kind of how you, how you feel on a great day. Like when things are, you, you have a patient and things have gone amazing. I, I, I can imagine. I always, so I always think about, cause I lived the last 13 months of my life in the hospital with my son. So I saw you all days, you know, walking, but this is how I always have imagined. Like I've been curious about surgeons or doctors. It's like that car ride home after a day, like what happens in that place because you're by yourself you're away from that. If it's been a great day, like, what does that feel like? And then if it's been a really hard day, like, what does that feel like? And, and, and also kind of to add on just, just to bring in what we talked about before, like, and I'll say here, you know, I I kind of have the belief personally that like the people have their path, you know, and we can intervene as much As we can and we can try as much as we can. And I believe that about my own children. So I'll I'll say that for myself as my own belief and that we can give our best, but at the end of the day, like it's beyond somewhat of my control. And so I'm wondering like how you feel on those days and and what that's like and how you sort of make sense of those highs and lows in light of how you present yourself in, in the world.
1: Yeah, I, I think that's very important, and and um, one of the things that um, I I do without fail to this day um, on my ride home is uh, I call mom, mm. and um, uh, if I've had a great day, I'm upbeat, and you know yeah. mom knows it. Uh, if mm. I have a bad day, she um, you know she knows how to how to kind of. You know, bring it all together and, yeah, and say, "Talk you through hey, it." Things yeah. are okay, and so um, you know, it kind of, it, it's it's really about support. And I think, yeah. um, as I said, my uh, my family, my uh, my wife, my my kids, they all sort of understand kind of uh, you know what I go through and the the mm-hmm. you know that the, the ups and downs, and um, uh, you know, they're uh, you know they they really. They 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 really you know are part of that 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 mm-hmm. uh, process and 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 support team. But yeah, I, I you know definitely when when uh, when things go well, you know you're uh, you feel like okay this is this is this is working and we can mm-hmm. you know let's let's make sure that you know we spread this to other people. We share it to other people. Thinking about okay let's 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 share it with other colleagues and other people mm-hmm. and make. Sure when things don't go well, it's, you know, it's, it's really, um, they're sleepless nights. They're yeah, nights sure. where like, what could I have done differently? And, um, you know, we, we have, uh, a process for debriefing, um, mm-hmm. for difficult cases. Uh, we have, um, every Saturday morning, all of the surgeons get together and we close the door and we just, we talk about, you know, sort mm-hmm. of our, our our best and worst cases and kind of talk about things that we can do differently. And so I I think what, what we've realized that, you know, um, it's inevitable, we're going to have successes and we're going to have failures, but we have to learn from them both and, you know, turn every opportunity into a, into a moment to make ourselves better. Mm -hmm. And, and, and and, um, if, if we can emerge from every experience, um, as a better person for that next child that comes through and walks through the door, then, um, then, then, you know, w- you know, at least, uh, something good has, has come of it. And so, yeah. um, yeah. I, I, think that is very important, um, you know, professionally, uh, to do. And, uh, even if it means that we take, you know, a weekend, uh, a part of our weekend to, to do this, it's the only time when all of the surgeons can come together and can just kind of put their computers down, put their phones Mm -hmm. down and just, you know, talk and and Mm -hmm. And that is um, uh, that, that's an important time for us.
0: Yeah. I can imagine that. So this season on the podcast, I'm, I'm kind of focused on who we become and what we create from the heartaches that we witness in the world around us, but then the adversities also that we face. And so I'm wondering, like your, your career pretty much stands face to face with adversity every day. You know, what, what did you really like about yourself because of what you do? Like what that has grown out of the work that you've done? You're like, this is, I'm really happy with that. I've become this about myself because of what I do.
1: Well, it's, it's certainly true that uh, you are, um, you're, you're a construct of, of every, everything that you do and vice versa. You bring your mentality into You know uh, everything that you you do, Mm -hmm. and um, I I like the fact that I have become someone who understands that purpose of what 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 we're here for. I I feel Mm -hmm. like I understand who I am because of um, my mentors, my patients, and families. They they've given me purpose, you know, in life, and I and I know that you know if I can if I can be there. To alleviate suffering, to help a family through a difficult process—that you know—that that gives me, you know, immense purpose. And and so, mm. I, I I feel that you know, you know, all the other things that may happen, you know, uh, in life, all the things, you know, car breaks down, this is broken, <laughs> that's happening, you know, you, you may even have uh, difficulties uh, within um, your own family uh, that, you know, that, that there's a, a greater purpose and that we, that these things, you know, we can handle them, we take care of them, but, um, but because we can then come back and, and do something, you know, uh, greater. Um, and I'm very appreciative of that. I, I, I think it's, you know, it's something that my, my, uh, my patients, my family, my, my, uh, my, career has, has given me and, and Mm -hmm. uh, allowed uh, me uh, to, to change. And, um, you know, it really all, you know, it comes together uh, when, you know, when you're, like you said, you're, you're facing, you know, a major uh, life-changing event or you're, you're doing something extremely overwhelming. Uh, It just allows you to put everything into perspective.
0: Yeah. Well, that's amazing, Ram. Thank you so much for this time today. I will say that you are for sure living out your purpose, and it's really awesome to be able to witness. Um, and I know that I can say on behalf of so many families that love you, thank you for all that you do and for being who you are. It's well, Jessica, this was an you. amazing
1: conversation. A lot of things yeah. that uh, I've I've never really you know talked about uh, yeah. uh, before. And uh, thank you for uh, for you know sharing uh, this perspective with with uh,
0: Thank you for joining me here on the HeartStrong Podcast. Please rate and review this podcast and share an episode that you love with a friend. Because when you do, you help us grow our mission of encouraging people to grow through the challenges of their lives and to live their full potential. We'll see you next time.